What's up, Disc Golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf, and I have got a lot to talk about in today's episode. It has been a while, but today we're going to talk about Ricky and his Lyme disease. I know, new breaking topic there. We're going to talk about some Champions Cup action, and we're also going to talk about a little bit of rotator cuff tendonitis, courtesy of Paige Pierce. But before we get into that, we need to thank our sponsor, and that is log what rolls downstairs a loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog what's great for a snack and it fits on your back it's log 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 it's big it's heavy it's wood it's better than bad it's good everyone wants a log you're gonna love it log come on and get your log log from blamo now here's the thing we haven't had a podcast here in quite some time, both on the Half in the Bag Disc Golf Podcast and on the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. Well, lots of things have been going on here, including my phone giving me notifications, so I'm going to just toss that off onto the side there so you can't hear any more of that. Treating this as a somewhat live, somewhat pre-recorded here, obviously it is all pre-recorded, but a uh, little bit off the cuff here, minimal editing, and just having lots and lots of fun because that's what we're all about here at joesdiscgolf.com uh, i have no excuses as to why that has all transpired lack of any real updates and episodes had some issues with work had some personal stuff going on got sick it was fun daughter got sick it was even more fun yay uh, anybody who has to has had the pleasure of caring for their sick child it is a lot of work and I'll just leave it at that but she's doing great she's on the mend she's running around happy giggly smiley and sassy as all get out she is my little sass hole and I love her so much so we've got plenty to talk about here uh plenty of stuff here you're gonna see some interesting stuff and by some interesting stuff I mean my ugly mug and if you're listening to this podcast on Anchor or Spotify, which I think they bought Anchor out right now, so I don't know how that all works out. Whatever. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your major podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, comment, question, concern, all the above down below. So we're just going to try to jump right into this. I'm going to do my best here to give you that full experience. And we're going to jump into the article from muscleandfitness.com originally written by scott future felstead and published there at muscleandfitness.com disc golf superstar ricky waisaki message to those battling lyme disease now quick preview or quick little overview of the article here let's just get into it just going to read through this then we'll talk about it ricky waisaki a professional disc golfer was diagnosed with lyme disease in 2019 after be being bitten by a tick he did not turn into the tick. Great cartoon, great comic. He experienced weakness, fatigue, and eventually struggled to walk, leading to him to a period of depression and mental health challenges. Waisaki recommends using insect shield for protection against tick and emphasizes the importance of early diagnosis and treatment. He rebuilt his relationship between body and mind through practicing the fundamentals of disc golf and mental focus, eventually returning as an elite athlete and regaining his number one ranking in the sport. 
A little questionable on that one, depending on which ranking you're looking at. He hasn't played a lot, so it's kind of like, yeah, I'd say he's ghost number one until he comes back and starts dominating again. Waisaki aims to continue spreading awareness about Lyme disease while pursuing more world titles. I thought he was all about consistency. But, I mean, you know, who doesn't want to win a world title? So, yeah, we have a few talking points to go through here. A few little comments, questions, concerns here that I had my producer come up with here. She's a chatty thing, too. Uh, my producer. Uh, one, first question here. Uh, how does Lyme disease impact the body and why can it be difficult to diagnose? So, Lyme disease can be tricky because it's caused by a bacteria that is transmitted through tick bites. So obviously, you know, wear bug spray, wear long pants, wear long socks, wear long sleeves, reapply bug spray as necessary. There are a variety of different sprays. I personally like to use cutter. Uh, I have found that works best when I was camping and everything. Uh, there's off, there's um, more natural things. There are mechanical devices, like basically personal bug zappers to attract the bugs over there whatever get something have it wear it use it symptoms can vary this is where things can get tricky uh they can include everything from fatigue and muscle and joint aches to fever and headaches you can get that bullseye uh, but depending on where that bullseye is it might not be noticeable you might not see it uh didn't anybody ever watch house uh the guy who had lyme disease and the bullseye was on his head because I guess that's where he got bitten. I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't remember the whole episode of House. Sorry. From many, many, many moons ago. Uh, the disease can cause more serious complications, including, if left untreated, uh, facial palsy, arthritis, and heart palpitations. These wide range of symptoms can cause a whole bunch of issues in diagnosing. Let's be honest. If you went out disc golfing today and you got bit by a tick and didn't know, and two or three days later, you started to just have some fatigue and muscle aches. You're like, oh, I'm getting sick. I'm getting the flu. Oh, I'm just getting sick. I got a summer cold. I got whatever. Fever, headache. You're starting to go, okay, what's, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. As a disc golfer, you should, again, make sure you check yourself, especially playing in the woods. Although you don't have to get, it's not necessarily you would get a tick just from in the woods. You could be out in a field and have that happen. Uh, there are plenty of times where I've been out camping not necessarily in the forest, but out in an open field. And still, we had people who had issues with ticks. It happens. It, it is okay. Uh, most of them, as far as I know, none of them ended up with Lyme disease. We ended up finding them early enough. So with all these different symptoms here, the best way to detect it is through a blood test. So we'll see. What strategies did... Waisaki used to rebuild his relationship with his mind and body. So being diagnosed with this and being told, being un, physically unable to compete in the sport that he loves so much. Let's let's all be honest. Let's not, whether you're a, a Ricky lover, Ricky hater, or somewhere in the middle, he loves to play disc golf. Paul Macbeth loves to play disc golf. Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, they all love to play disc golf. And now you're telling them that not by choice of their own. Now, they might want to retire at some point, and that's going to be a difficult decision, but ultimately, it will be their decision. Being told you can't play disc golf because of an injury or an illness, that is brutal. That is his that is that is his job. That is what if you were told you can't do whatever your favorite thing is to do, whatever your job is. Maybe you are a um, 
I don't know, computer programmer and you now have crippling arthritis in your fingers and you can't type anymore. That's going to be a huge life adjustment there that you're probably not going to be very happy with and understandably so. So he focused on the fundamentals of disc golf, such as putting and field work. He started to feel better and start working on things like that. So, you know, maybe at the beginning when he was feeling all that muscle weakness and everything, he was only putting 10, 15 footers, having to relearn his his game like that. Um, he emphasized the importance of staying positive, both mentally and physically, and trusting in his knowledge and experience to push through the difficult times, meaning that he knows it will get better. So you need to, and this is one of those things in athletic training, and this kind of goes into the next part where what is important of a strong support system when dealing with health challenges. Now, as an athletic trainer, my job is to treat and diagnose and get athletes back out, figure out what's going on and get them out there. So one thing we're taught straight from the beginning, and it makes perfect sense, is you want those athletes out there on the sidelines doing something as much as they can with their team. So maybe they can't do a full practice and they're out on the sidelines, but we'll go with the example of, say, an ankle sprain. So they're out. They can't play basketball. They're on the sidelines with me doing their ankle exercises, their specific ankle exercises to make their ankle stronger so they can get back faster. They're also on the sides then riding a stationary bike, and then I'm putting them through a core workout that absolutely kicks their ass, you know, just getting them working, getting them sweating, showing their teammates that no, being injured, this guy isn't just going to come back and just be some, you know, he's going to be slacker, he's going to be out of shape, it's not going to be well. They see him working on the sidelines. He feels like he's also part of the team and working to try to get better as well. You know, we've done it before where, you know, the team's doing sprints and during those sprints, they're doing uh, sit-ups or something. I don't know. It depends on what it is. Like, you know, while they're sprinting for their minute or whatever it is, they're doing a minute or two minutes of crunches and trying to get better that way and trying to show that they're doing something. And the end goal is to get the person who's out to have a good sweat going on. So having a good support system like that it, while this is an individual sport and slightly different, having people, I mean, uh, the touring pros are very close. So having people like coming over and hanging out and just like, yeah, you can, yeah, Rick, attaboy, Rick, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And just going and putting and having a good time with them and just like keeping spirits up, having your friends and family there helping you out, helping with whatever you're trying to do. That's another way to do it too. Uh, it's a multifactorial process here and it, it is different. Obviously the example I gave is a team sport and this is an individual sport, but you'd like to think that his manufacturer 2019, um, that would have been Innova or was that latitude either way, giving him support, giving him help to get through this illness and just try to get better. So what can be done to prevent, uh, Tick bites and Lyme disease. Why is it important to be aware of the risks? Now, it is very important to be aware of the risks. Obviously, look at what, what's going on with Ricky right now. He's having all these issues. He's having to miss tournaments. He has flare-ups and all that stuff. Prevention is the best way to go about this and early diagnosis. So if you, you should be wearing bug spray. You should be wearing some kind of repellent. Whatever that is, 
I I have no affiliations. Like I said, I like Cutter. Some people like Off. There are other brands out there. There's uh, natural ways of doing this that I have not looked into. Whatever. Either way, do something as a preventative measure to do that. It's not going to be 100% effective. But in the event that you go out, you have a tournament. Check yourself for ticks afterwards. Maybe, you know, you have one of those. You can go on Amazon. I'll try to leave a link in the description below. Those tick removal kits. The worst thing you can do is to grab it by its rear end, essentially, and pull it out. That can cause the tick to essentially vomit and spread the bacteria. If it has it. It may or may not have it. And most areas in the United States and Canada have ticks that have Lyme disease. Do your research in your area. I don't know if this is in other countries, if it has spread to other countries or not. I don't know. Um, so Europeans, Australians, you know, go out there, figure it out on your own. You probably know. Or there's other diseases. I mean, Lyme disease is not the only disease that ticks can carry. So make sure that you have that kind of stuff. Get these tick removal kits. Um, watch videos. Uh, get trained in how to properly remove a tick the right way. So there are a couple different ways you can do that. I'm not going to go into those here. Uh, I don't want to give out incorrect information. It has been a while since I've looked into it. Fortunately, I have not had to deal with it. So go ahead. Go check out those tick removal kits. They're on Amazon. They're inexpensive. Uh, I believe we've answered all of our discussion questions at this point, uh, but we'll roll through them just to make sure. What role does mental health play in overcoming physical challenges and how can individuals support their own mental health during difficult times? This is going to vary person to person. Uh, some people may choose to turn towards friends or family, turn towards prayer. It's all up to you. You have to know. Uh, there are many, many, many different strategies out there, and there is no one size fits all. If you have to, seek professional help. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The best thing you can do is talk to close friends and family, then just let them know like, hey, you know, this has been really tough on me. They probably see it. It's hard to disguise that from your friends and family, the ones who really know you. So just make sure you're out there and talking. Um, there are some great books out there about, uh, mental health, mental, uh, resiliency, essentially. I am just as a kind of a side note, this kind of applies sort of Zen golf has been helpful with helping you, helping me really just kind of flush out the bad and focus on the moment. So that could be something that you could look into as well. Um, what are some steps to promote the awareness of health risks and prevent illnesses, both on an individual and community level, just letting disc golfers know out there that there are different things. Uh, there are different, um, bug born illnesses. Ticks can carry, um, Lyme disease. Obviously they can carry a bunch of other diseases. Uh, mosquitoes can carry West Nile and a whole bunch of other diseases as well. So just be aware that this can happen. You can get a bunch of different illnesses from the bugs. It's not super common, especially if you go out and make sure you wear bug spray. I think that about closes it down for that topic. But first, introducing Trump Thumper Discs, the ultimate choice for those who demand maximum thumping power 
and precision on the course. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a novice just getting started, our discs will help you hit harder, thump harder, and take your game to new heights. Crafted from the finest materials and imbued with a subtle yet powerful thumping energy, our discs are designed to dominate the competition and leave your opponents in awe. With a range of plastic types to choose from, including Thumpmaster Pro, Thumpomatic, Thumpzilla, and Limb Lopper, you're sure to find the perfect discs to fit your unique style and skill level. Hit harder, thump harder, and experience ultimate thump with Trunk Thumper Discs. Choose your plastic, choose your discs, and dominate the competition with our powerful and reliable range of disc golf gear. Not a real sponsor. Paige Pierce tried playing through Champions Cup with rotator cuff tendonitis. That did not go so well for Ms. Pierce. In an article published on joesdiscgolf.com last week, we discussed Paige Pierce's decision to play in the 2023 Champions Cup, despite being advised by medical professionals that it's not a good idea due to the rotator cuff tendonitis that she is suffering from. We talked about the injury in general, its causes and effects on the athlete's performance. We also highlighted the potential risks of playing through an injury and the importance of prioritizing long-term health and well-being. I will say I got some pushback on that one, saying that this is a Champions Cup and she's, you know, just got to push through and she's got to be able to do this and blah, 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 blah. Now, I can understand that as an athlete myself, a former competitive athlete, and um, as such, I can understand wanting to push through the injury, but also speaking as one of those medical professionals who would have said, hey, this is a really terrible life choice, and if you want to keep playing disc golf at a competitive level, level, then yeah, this is a bad idea. This is a really, really bad idea, but you know, whatever. It, it happens. Now, oh, how can, how common is rotator cuff tendonitis among disc golf athletes? And what are some strategies to prevent it? That's a question that had come up. Uh, as for the prevalence of rotator cuff tendonitis in specifically disc golfers, I don't know. Generally speaking, in overhead athletes, those who are in throwing sports, volleyball, baseball, softball, uh, javelin throwers, disc golfers, and so on, tennis, rotator cuff tendonitis is a decently common injury that um, can cause a lot of issues with this. Um, many, disc golf, many disc golfers can develop this condition due to the repetitive motion of throwing a disc. To prevent it, you need to properly strengthen the shoulder in general which I guarantee that Paige Pierce was not doing prior to this. And I'm not just singling her out. I am going to make a blanket statement across the professional level that at least 90% are not, were not doing any sort of preventative program to reduce the likelihood of shoulder injuries. Now, there is no way to prevent injuries, 100% guaranteed. Things will happen no matter what whether that is rotator cuff tendonitis, a shoulder subluxation, it's kind of like a dislocation, but it goes back in on its own, uh, whether that is a rotator cuff tear, a labrum tear, that's the cartilage in your shoulder, 
so on and so forth. And you don't even have to just look at the shoulder. You could look at the elbow, the hand, the back, the wrist, the knee, ankle, anywhere. Anywhere on the human body, you can get injured. Depending on your sport, some are more likely to be injured than others. Now, what impact could playing through an injury like this have on an athlete's longevity? And is it worth the risk? Now, is it worth the risk? That is totally subjective. From a medical professional standpoint, it is almost never worth the risk. And you have to balance that out. That is one of the hard things that you have to do, especially as an athletic trainer, is tell a kid, no, you can't play. Because I have to step in to be the adult and go, if you play through this, your quality of life will not be as good afterwards because you will injure this further. Now, it gets a little muddy when it becomes a professional athlete, especially disc golfers who are making more money now, but don't have the same access or same ability to have access to that top end uh, medical services like, say, baseball or football or so on, or Olympic athletes where, you know, they pay the U.S. Olympics and insert country Olympics pay for athletic trainers and physical therapists and doctors and so on and so forth. So playing through can have both short and long term consequences on a career. Uh, the short term playing through can impact the performance and possibly worsen the injury. That is a very likely possibility. Uh, there are a few times on the broadcast where the commentators made note that you could hear um, uh, Paige Pierce make a comment about the pain or, you know, groan as she threw and not the normal, like, um, trying to throw it harder type thing. Uh, Long-term continuous play on the injury can lead to more severe damage and a longer recovery time, potentially leading to an earlier retirement than would other be necessary. So in Paige Pierce's case, the Champions Cup is a significant event and she felt like she had to play it. And we saw how that went. Um, I think she was down in the 20s. Off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly. But um, it was unfortunate. I, I didn't want to see something like that happen to her. But it is something that can happen. Uh, how important is mental toughness and determination in disc golf? And does it play playing through the pain demonstrate these qualities? Yes and no. Um, playing through some pain, as a professional athlete, you are never going to be feeling 100%. That is, oh, that, that is something I can guarantee. I tell my high school athletes this. I've told my college athletes this. The best day you will feel is day one of, you know, there are defined seasons in high school and college sports. So when I covered men's soccer at the college level, the best day you will feel is that first day of practice. And then it's all downhill from there. Now, there are days you'll feel better than others. And I believe disc golf will is about the same where, most of these athletes, the best day that they felt was round one of Las Vegas or Waco whenever they decided to start their season. So that is when they felt their best. And from there, it's a slow, gradual decline down and you don't feel as good. Now, you can manage that with the way the tour is now. Much easier to manage it. You don't have to play all the events with contracts for some of the top end pros getting more lucrative. They don't have to grind week in and week out and play you know, 52 weeks a year. They can take time off, let their body recover, let them get back into a shape where it's okay. They can. Uh, 
playing through some of the pain can demonstrate the qualities, but you have to consider the risks. It can also be a sign of just being stupid. And I'm not calling out Paige Pierce in this one. I'm just saying in general, you it can be pretty stupid to play through an injury, especially an obvious one that both uh, you can make significantly worse by playing as well as, I mean, your performance. Obviously, you want to give your best. And if you get if your best is not as good as someone else's best and you lose to them that day, okay, that happens. That is sports. But if your best is severely hampered by an injury like this, it's better to take that time off and come back the next week ready to fight harder and stronger than trying to limp along. So, I don't know. I think that's about all I have to say for that. Uh, I do have another video on this topic talking about it. You can go through, look through all the fun jazz there. But we are going to move into our final topic. Okay, well, I was editing this and totally forgot that I needed to talk about the quality of the content. And, oh, 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 oh. what can I say about that? Um, Champions Cup was unwatchable for most of it, let's be honest here. Uh, if you're trying to watch this live, it was the worst coverage we've seen all year. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It was by far the worst. One of the things that frustrated me was people online saying, well, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't say bad things about that. You can't, you, it's a miracle that it's even what it is right now. It's, it's this, that, and the other thing. And you, you, you can't, you can't criticize it. Yes, I can. And I will fairly. We knew these problems existed last year. They were overshadowed by the whole Elaine King situation, which you can check that video out in the history of this channel happened about a year ago. And uh, that's like, that overshadowed it. It was a blocky, horrible, horrible mess. And it wasn't that I had a poor connection or that hundreds of others had a poor connection to the servers for the live stream. I have a great connection. I was watching on my home internet for a while. I pay for one gig up and down. And guess what? I get damn near that because it's fiber. And I understand that they're using cell phones, but this isn't anything new. You knew the coverage was terrible. You knew cell coverage at WR Jackson was bad. And it is a fantastic course for this tournament. Could there be some course changes? Could we let the rough grow in a little bit to make this a little bit more difficult? Yeah, sure. That's an easy change. We need to look into this. The Disc Golf Network needs to look into this to be able to better fix this. I, I don't... I understand that they're doing their best and they probably know that there is a situation here, but in the MPO coverage, when everything went to hell in a handbasket and you couldn't see anything and they went to commercials forever and then Terry got cut off when he's like, oh, and good news, no more commercials. Oh, Yeah screen to black and scene all right like i get it these guys and gals over disc golf network are trying to do their best but i think that if we don't call out this kind of stuff and don't voice our concerns saying like hey you know this was bad and this is this was a terrible viewing experience they might feel that internal pressure to want to get better but will that incentivize them enough to put money towards changing something? 
get other outside sponsors, have the PDGA maybe fork some of that millions over that they get from all of us because it is their major that they want to run their way. Maybe they can help sponsor a portable cell tower or something along those lines. Those are just some of the options there. I'm just trying to get some thoughts out there, get some get some ideas out there. Now back to the rest of the regu- regularly scheduled podcast. Words are hard. Yes, that is slowly becoming my catchphrase on this channel. Champions Cup FPO recap. Unfortunately, because of the way life has gone, I did not really get to watch any MPO. So let's get right down into it. Estonian sensation Kristen Tatar secured her third major championship with a 14-stroke victory at the Champions Cup. That was crazy. She led the field from start to finish, scoring the hot round each day, or at least tying the hot round, and maintaining a lead throughout the entire tournament. Tatar's performance was extraordinary, to say the least, um, with only one bogey and a 10-10 event rating. A new record for the longest calculated bogey-free streak on tour is now 74 holes. Could be even longer had she not bogeyed that one hole. But hey, it happens. Tatar's back-to-back major victories by 8-plus strokes places her alongside very, very prestigious company, Valerie Jenkins, as the only player to achieve this in the past 15 years. In just one year, Tatar went from zero wins to four wins through six tournaments. Well, let me rephrase that. She had, at this time last year, no wins. Now she already has four through six events. Yeah, she is crazy good right now. Other notable performances in the Champions Cup include Owen Scoggins finishing in second, Kat Merch, Katrina Allen, and Haley King in a three-way tie for third place. Ella Hansen was the only FPO player, competitor, two-card a birdie on hole one each round. In a post-tournament interview... Tatar shared some inspiring words, encouraging everyone to follow their dreams as an amazing, as amazing things can happen. Her performance at Champions Cup truly showcases the power and perseverance and dedication she has achieved. She has used to achieve this success. So she has been absolutely insane. Watching that round, I believe it was halfway through round two, she could have stopped playing basically parred out and won because that would have been her uh that would have been how many of her strokes uh i forget to win essentially over own scoggins in second place i do want to say own scoggins played really really well holland hanley was looking awesome as well unfortunately uh tried to go a little too big on the last day and things did not work out as much for holland on that in that tournament there. It was unfortunate, but really promising there. I think um, looking at this, looking at how this has gone, um, Holland Hanley is definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with by the end of the season. Uh, She has to clean up some stuff, work on some consistency, work on some stuff, but she was able to dominate there. And last I looked, she was doing really well at Jonesboro. We'll see. I'm recording this as FPO is currently playing at Jonesboro. Yeah, I know. Things are going crazy here. So hopefully getting back to a regular schedule eventually. But we're talking about that. Um, 
I just I can't wait to see how this goes through. Uh, watching Kristen Tatar just put on a clinic day in, day out. She was able to hit her drive. She was barely off, barely, barely, barely off the fairway. I think her scramble percentage was uh, 100%. Was that it? And her putting, her overall C1X putting was like 96% all weekend total. So she missed like two putts, one putt, two putts all weekend. Just what? What? That That is absolutely insane. Absolutely crazy. I just uh, can't wait to see it. I really hope uh, Deglo is rather close to me, all things considered. And while I don't have high hopes for Kristen Tatar being there, given its timing, I really hope I can get out to go see that. So I believe that's it. We talked about Ricky. We talked about Champions Cup. There's plenty of other coverage out there um, that you can go watch. I highly recommend watching the lead card coverage of Champions Cup in post-production because it is absolutely phenomenal watching Kristen Tatar just totally just shred the course. Absolutely shred the course. She could be the first women's player, first woman to hit 1,000 rated. And I believe that is going to happen. So... That could be soon with this latest, this latest ratings update coming out uh, in May with some of her worst tournaments dropping off, followed up by adding in these 10 over 1,000 rated rounds here. These 10, 10 rated rounds. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. But I believe that does that here. Thank you all for watching. As always, I've been Joe. You've been awesome. And if you get a great tree kick, don't forget to thank Treesus. I know a lot of people were praising Treesus at Champions Cup. And if you get kicked deeper into the woods, that's because you have transgressed against Treesus and need to repent and reflect. So that does it for here. Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. And I can't wait to see you all in the next video.